What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud with you here. And we're picking up in our book study through the book of Joshua. Typically how this works, if this is your first episode, is we read the scripture verbatim, like in its entirety, and then we make some comments, um, some some teaching, and a practical takeaway point. So that's what we're going to do today. We're just going to dig in straight to it. I am reading in Joshua chapter 5. Where we are is we're about to, we've crossed the Jordan. Israel is is being led into the, the promised land. They've got to do this conquest, but there's so many obstacles in the way. The first one was the Jordan River, and now it's like, are they going to take Jericho or not? This city that they've got to sack and take over, and that, that's their first military uh, obstacle in this long line of, of conquests and battles that they will be facing throughout the rest of the book of Joshua. So they're, they're on the eve of that. They're ready to attack. Uh, Jericho, and then all of a sudden here in chapter 5, on the last part of that chapter, we get this mysterious visitor. So this is Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15 out of the ESV. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. But I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So I just want to say from the get-go, this is one of my favorite chunks of the book of Joshua. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the Bible because I remember the first time when I read this and I think I was in my backyard at the time and I was just, I just had these memories of these time periods where I had these moments. I'm like, whoa, this is cool. And this is one of those moments for me. I just was reading this. There's several places in the Old Testament. I think I had started that Bible in a year plan and was reading and had gotten to Joshua by that point. And so when I got to this, I'm like, whoa, this is like cryptic and mysterious and like powerful and cool. And it obviously moved Joshua because he's he fell on his face and he starts worshiping. So it's, it's like there's something here. Uh, and so the first point I, I put is pretty much all theologians agree on this, is that this is not a regular angel. Uh, and you could pretty much see that it's, it's pretty obvious. And, and most, I think most, Theologians agree on that, at least. So the, the reason I say that is, you know, other times in Scripture where angels appear to men, it, it just doesn't go down quite like this. And I have two examples to kind of to show, to prove that this is not a regular angel. So I'm, I'm picking these both out of the book of Revelation, which is John writing, and, and it's obviously this, you know, end times kind of thing like, well, if any time you would expect to see some angels, it's in the book of Revelation. So I thought these were good examples. And just, I'll kind of read these really quickly. So I'm showing this from Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. So John's writing, and he's having this revelation, this vision, and and he sees an angel. And he says in verse 9, The angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Verse 10, At this, John, I, I fell to his feet and worshipped him. But he said to me, 
Don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. And then in a couple chapters later, we see John write again in chapter 22 of Revelation, verse 8. He says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But the angel said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. <laughs> and so we see these interactions with these you know, heavenly angels and, and, uh, and John bows down to worship them and like, no, stop that. <laughs> so again, this here in Joshua is obviously not a, a regular angel like we see in other times in the Bible. Then we see that, you know, in the text in and of itself, we see in verse 15, Joshua's before this, quote, commander of the Lord's army, this mysterious person, and, that, and the person says to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. Now, this is even more obvious because this is almost a, a, a direct quote from Exodus 3. And you all know that story. That's the, the story of the burning bush when God appears to Moses. And, and so not only is this, this particular visit from the angel of the Lord's army, it's showing that uh, Joshua is the new Moses, you know, like crossing the, the Jordan is like crossing the Red Sea. And with Rahab, the, the crimson cord is like the, the blood over the doors at Passover. So we're mirroring, we're paralleling the book of Exodus, and God is here affirming Joshua's leadership as the new Moses, his chosen servant. All right, so not only is it doing that, but it's showing us that here, this commander of the Lord's army is none other than God himself. The commander of the Lord's army here in this mysterious person, this text, is God himself. Now, here is where there's kind of differing opinions as to, to how we describe this and, and what speculation. And, you know, and, and we can kind of go all over the place when we think of this. But so I, I just want to show you a couple words real quick. Y'all know I like big words. Sorry if you don't like big words. That's just kind of my personality. That's kind of who I am. So I'm, I'm going to step into that. So these are called a theophany or some people call them Christophany. So uh, let's just talk about that real quick. A theophany, you know when someone says, oh, I had an epiphany, and they're like, ah, oh, like it's like an idea came to them. So this is like that. That's where that word comes from, theophany, theo, meaning God. So it's like a God came to me, and it's a, it's a manifestation of Yahweh, God, and his presence in some sort of physical form manifestation, okay? That would be like, Example, Exodus 3, the burning bush. That burning bush is a physical manifestation of Yahweh, God the Father. All right, it's his presence. So that's a theophany. We also see a theophany with the pillar of fire. Um, when he's leading them through the, the, the Red Sea in the wilderness, you know, this pillar of fire by day and, and a cloud by night, the fire and the cloud are, are theophanies. Or perhaps the, the mysterious traveler who shared a meal with Abraham right, in, in Genesis. Then there's this mysterious person who wrestled with Jacob and dislocated his hip. That's also in Genesis. And then we also see, and we, we sing a song on Sundays. There's another, another one in the fire. We saw this mysterious fourth person in, in the fire in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so there's these instances of like, whoa, like 
there's something mysterious about this. God showing up in this theophany that most people uh, describe as, as what is taking place here. And I think that's so exciting. I think it's super exciting. Now, I want to take it a step further and just say, like, just a little caveat. This is a little bit disagreed with. It's kind of my personal. I'm open to it. I'm not necessarily going to, you know, fight on that hill or anything. But the other word to describe this is a Christophany. In other words, a Christ, you know, pre-incarnate, Old Testament, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity is coming in, in here. And he, Jesus, pre-incarnate Jesus, is the, the, the commander of the Lord's army. I don't know for certain, and I don't think anybody does, and that's why it's speculative, but I'm certainly open to that viewpoint. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm almost persuaded by it, but we can never fully know. And, and I think that's what's so alluring to me when I, when I read texts like this, and I hope it is to you too. So I won't go into the whole details about why some theologians and some scholars like reject the idea of a pre-incarnate Jesus. They, they, they take issue with that. Anyways, the point is it's either a theophany or a Christophany. And I think a Christophany, I'm open to that because when I read this story, the cryptic nature of his response, it, it reminds me so much of in the Gospels when Jesus, uh, they're, they're trying to capture him or catch him out. You know, they're challenging him. And I think... First and foremost, I think of the time where he he is he's trying to be trapped by the religious leaders, and they're like, uh, "Do you do you think we should pay taxes to Caesar or not?" And Jesus is like, "I'm I'm gonna pose you a different question. Give me a denarius. Whose head is on? like I have something so much bigger and so much like than your little false dilemma of should we be an insurrectionist or should you support Rome? I have I'm something bigger than that. And when I read here." In verse 13 and 14, you know, Joshua is asking a similar type of question, this this false dilemma to this angel when he says, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And this angel of the Lord's army said, no, but I am a commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And it's like, that's okay. Are you for us or get like, okay, we're about to take Jericho and God told us to do this. So you're, are you on our side or not? And so I think that's cryptic and it's like alluring to me because you know the stranger this angel of the army of the lord didn't answer joshua's questions directly and we see that tactic used so many times in the gospels that jesus used and so you know with his no he's stating that his interest is not necessarily the same as joshua's even though he is going to help them take over jericho and that's what god wanted it's not in the sense that joshua had had mentioned that this uh you know, are you on my side kind of thing? And I, I was reading in, in the, my ESV study Bible, and I saw this great quote that many of us have probably heard before, but it's Abraham Lincoln. Now, I'm not making a political statement here, but he, he was famously attributed this quote where one of his friends came up to him and said, sir, God is on your side. And Abraham Lincoln replied, sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. And so when Joshua is posing this dilemma to the angel of the Lord, in a sense, he is on his side. I mean, God's going to help them take Jericho, and that was the main point. But I think that brings us to the takeaway for all of us, the sense in which Joshua could ask this question in his life, in our life here in 2022, we do the same kind of thing with God. You know, we, we, how we operate with him, how we pray, you know, just how, how we see God in our lives a lot of times we just want him to bless our deal. 
we may be in his will or not, but that's, it's like we're so self-centered or self-focused or self-directed that we, we want God to bless our deal. And so I think that's a great takeaway. As much as I enjoy talking about these speculations of the theophany and the Christophany, I think there's something super practical in this text and a takeaway. Do I, I just want God, do I just want him to bless my deal? Or am I genuinely a part of what God wants to do, what he wants to do? They may be the same at face value, but one person's motives may not match up to that. A lot of times we do the right thing or what is appears to be in God's will, we do it with selfish motives. And so I think that's a takeaway for us to search our hearts. And we all do this, myself included. We all do this to some extent. I just want God to bless my deal. Like, do we want God to bless our deal? Or are we genuinely a part of what God wants to do in the way that he wants to do it? question we all need to continue to ask ourselves. So I hope this podcast episode has encouraged you, has excited you as you read scripture for yourself. Stay tuned. We'll see you back on Monday for another New Vision podcast. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.